salaries, commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates, returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, and blessings increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I release that in the name of Jesus. Would you come and give now in Jesus' name? There's a scripture. <clears throat> Jesus was having a meeting, and it says the Spirit of the Lord was there to heal. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He's here to heal, deliver, set free, break the chains of bondage, whatever you need this morning. He's here. So as we sing this, I know you're bringing your offering, and I hope I'm not overstepping, but if you need prayer, for if you're ill in your body, if you'd like, it says call for the elders of the church, and they'll anoint them with oil, and the prayer of, prayer of faith will save the sick and will raise them up. Amen. As we sing this, if you have that, I'm sure Pastor will. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging sea. You walk with me through fire. Heal my disease. I trust in you. I trust in you. Nothing is impossible. 
keeps finding these people but he's great isn't he and if I had that talent God is good it's Bob right Robert yeah so thank him when you see him amen Lord we lift up this our gifts to you now in the name of Jesus and Lord I release your provision to everyone who has given now in the name of Jesus. Provide, supply, exceeding abundantly, above even what we need in the name of Jesus. Pray for your blessing and your favor to be outpoured to everybody who has given in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I guess I almost, almost spilled it. But I didn't, almost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So guys, come and get it. By the way, Renee Dabrowski, wave at us. We're happy that she's here. You know, Renee worked in the school for a long time with my wife, Liz. She's got a history here. So we appreciate you and we think back. And her son, Casey, worked here along with my wife, Liz, too, for many years. I don't know how many you guys put in all together, but but we appreciate and we remember that. <laughs> well, good. Good. Thank the Lord for that. So anyway, just wanted you to know that. Children's Church, God bless the children. And I, I hear that the Children's Church is really growing. We've, we've been having several weeks of, ex, of growth and it's really good to see fam young families coming around. Uh, and because moms and dads need a chance to get some word and let their kids get some good word too and be able to just enjoy the presence of the Lord without the kids for a few minutes. So that's kind of good, isn't it? Hallelujah. So tell, tell young families. We need more young families. Amen. When they come in, be nice to them and be nice to their kids. Hallelujah. 
because you never know their kids may be taking care of you one day. <laughs> be nice to them. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we are so, so thankful for your presence. Oh, how we need your presence. Your presence is so important. It's, it, was, it was one of the things that Jesus took a great deal of careful consideration to say to us how important it was for you to come. It necessitated his going so that you could come, Holy Spirit. So we invite your presence in this place. You, you lead and guide us into all truth. You, you endue us with power to be witnesses. You're what we need. Your spirit and our spirit become one. We are of one spirit. We need you today. We need you to open up the words of life to us. We need you to give us ears to hear what you are saying to the church. Speak to us through your word. Holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. And those words we read and listen to today, words that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, speak to us once again through those words to us as you did to them. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I seem like I'm popping into the microphone a lot today, don't I? I have my own windscreen. I'm growing here, but evidently it's not doing its job. <laughs> you know what a windscreen is? Well, I'm trying to provide my own, but... Oh, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh... How I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. To me, he is so wonderful. To me, he is so wonderful. To me, he is so wonderful because he first loved me. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have it, <coughs> to the book of Colossians. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay because Ken will provide it for you on the wall. Oh, Thomas will. Did Thomas pass the message along to you today? Try to keep up? <laughs> Ken and Thomas are great. They have learned that little computer program back there. And um, I appreciate them so much because it's good to have the word in front of you all the time for a lot of reasons. So... Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18, is where I want to start today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I want you to hear this now. This is, this is the Apostle Paul writing to a group of people at a church. And he's actually writing to a son of his in the, in the spirit named Timothy. And Timothy, I think Timothy is a lot like you and I. <clears throat> we need to have spiritual tutors to help us grow in the Lord. Amen? You are, you are doing real good. The, the, the scripture says, uh, let's, just take a, let's just take a trip over here and look at this scripture before we go there. Uh, well, let's see, I wrote it down. It's in 2 Peter. Just, just before you go too far, go to 2 Peter and um, look at verse number 3 out of chapter 1. I talked to you about this, I think, last week or sometime soon. Uh, but I want to remind you this. According as his divine power, the divine power of God has given unto us all things. God's power, do you remember one of the things that Jesus said, one of the last things he said before he ascended up into heaven was, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. That takes into account every power that there is in the universe has been given to Jesus. You see this? So according to that divine power, watch what happens. He has given unto us all things. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. You already have inside of your spirit everything that you need for life and godliness now the the trick not the trick but i don't know what else the word to use the the real thing that we need to do is learn how to tap into that to its fullness amen everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us, watch this, he has called us to glory and virtue. Now, we could stay in Second Peter and just take the whole morning there, but I wanted to give you that because in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18, which I want to use as the springboard, as the text, if you will, <coughs> for today's message and that is this. He is the head of the body, the church. Do you know who Jesus' body is? You are part of the body. Hallelujah. The church. You are the body of Christ. He's the head. You're the body. Hallelujah. That's why you need to respect one another. When one part of the body is suffering, it affects all of us. When one part is sick, it affects all of us. When one part is infected, the infection can spread. <clears throat> Amen? We are the body. He is the head. But he, is, he does not have a sick body. Do you understand that? 
do you think Jesus in heaven has a sick body? How, how is it in heaven? Is sickness allowed in heaven? Of course not. Sickness is not allowed. Is poverty allowed in heaven? Is, is uh, any other kind of sin allowed in heaven? Is there, is there a shortage in heaven? Is there a, dip, is there a recession in heaven? No, there isn't any. And you know what Jesus taught us to pray? He said, as in heaven, so in earth. See, you need to constantly be pulling down heaven into your situation. You say, well, my situation is lacking in this and in this and this. Pull some heaven into it. Hallelujah. Pull some heaven into it. There was, there was a testimony I heard about a young lady, and I, this is a long time ago. I heard it from somebody who told it to me. I did hear them tell me, the person who actually saw this take place, but I don't, time goes by and you don't remember details, but she was evidently a young Christian. You know, young Christians are really good because they don't know any better about some things. You understand that? Kids are like that, aren't they? Kids don't know any better. And that's why the Lord says that you and I need to be like kids. Just worship him in spirit and in truth and don't worry about, well, I don't know if this is theologically correct. Forget about that. Just God loves to see people launch out. So anyway, she was praying for a person who was sick and who had some, something wrong with a particular body part. I don't remember what it was. Some organ that was malfunctioning. And she was praying for them. And all of a sudden, while she's praying, she gets this vision of a room in heaven full of body parts on shelves and stuff. Now, that's kind of a weird vision, isn't it? So she went down the row and found the body part of the person that she was praying for and went and got one of them. And then she walked up to him and just put her hands on him and put that body part into them by faith. And you know what? They discovered that that person had a brand new whatever it was. I don't know if it's a kneecap or, a, you know, something like that. Now, you say, well, that's, that's not possible. That's not true. That can't happen. All right. Go ahead. Think what you want to think. But the person that got it was pretty, pretty happy about it. Amen? <clears throat> I, I will never forget, right around where Jan is sitting there, there was a lady that used to come here named Ellie. Now, Ellie had, uh, she had to have knee replacement surgery. How many have had knee replacement surgery? I guess it's not a very fun thing to do, is it? Now, whatever happened to Ellie, it took Ellie nine, I don't know if it was nine weeks or nine months. All I got in my mind is the nine. What would it be, nine weeks or months to recover? What would it be? Three days? No, it took her longer than that. She was, she couldn't, she was, she was totally immobile. She had to have her kids come down and take care of her in shifts at her house because she it didn't something didn't go right and she was in excruciating pain put it in backwards i don't know <coughs> but it was a kneecap she had to have her kneecap replaced with something so she and she was hobbling around and then after it healed after that period of time she had to get the other one fixed and she was 
dreading, she was literally dreading going through this again. So it was on a, either a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. I don't remember. And she was sitting there, and she was literally, I, actually, I took out my cell phone, and I recorded it. I got it someplace on cell phones. They, have you ever tried to find stuff on cell phones? I, I know Gene's always trying to find something on his cell phone to show me. And then he, but so she's, she was literally crying and asking for prayer. She said, tomorrow, this was, oh, it was on a Sunday night. She says, tomorrow I have to go in for my preliminary uh, stuff, my pre-surgery stuff where they're going to take the x-rays and they're going to do all whatever they have to do. I don't remember the detail. They've got to do all this preliminary stuff. And she was, she was crying because she knew what to expect. She said, I've got to get my preliminaries done because toward the end of the week then is when the surgery is going to be. So there was another lady that her and her husband aren't here anymore. They've moved up north. The Jennies. I don't know if you remember the Jennies. So the Jennies, Mrs. Jenny, was sitting next to Ellie, and my wife was sitting in front of her. And I said, ladies... Go over to Ellie and put your hand on her knee. So the two ladies went over there, and they put their hand on her knee. And I said, okay, now here's what I want you to do, ladies. I want you to tell her knee about the problem. Don't tell God about the problem, but tell her knee about the Lord. So they began to pray over her <coughs> and pray over that knee. And Ellie was crying, and they were praying and speaking life into that knee. Well, the next day, Ellie went to the hospital, and then things happened, whatever it was, and the next Sunday night, she came back, and this is what I have on my cell phone. She came back the following Sunday night, and she said something to this effect. i got to go home and listen to it again. She said she went in the next day, and the doctors did the tests, cat scans or pet scans or cat and dog scans. I don't know what kind of. Anyway, they scanned the Dickens out of her knee. And then they came back and they said, we're sorry, but we have to do it again because the first time didn't work. There's something wrong with the images. So they did it again. And, and then they came back again. They said, and all this time she's having to sit there and wait. They said, we're sorry, so sorry, we're going to have to do it again. Something happened. I think they got your x-rays mixed up with somebody else, and so we got we to redo it again. So they took it again, and they finally came back, and they, they said, we don't understand this, but this, these pictures are not the same pictures that we took a few weeks ago when we set you up for the surgery. It's not the same knee. These are your old pictures. These are the ones we took today, and you, it looks like you have a brand-new kneecap in there. It's not the same kneecap. Well, Ellie came back to church Sunday night, and this lady was as happy as a bug in a rug. She was laughing and crying and so excited because God had given her a brand-new kneecap. Hallelujah. Well, Ellie still lives over in Fort Lauderdale. You can call her up and you can ask her and she'll tell you the story is true. And I got it on tape how happy she was. She was, as, she was just about ready to jump around because God had done something for her way outside of the normal.
Hallelujah. This is how he works, you see. So why did I tell you that? It has something to do with this verse here. Huh? Well, I don't remember why, but it was a good story. So let's go back to the, let's go back to this thing. <clears throat> he is the head of the body. Well, that's it. See, he, he has a perfectly healthy body. Hallelujah. Who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead? Do you see if the implication is this, if there's a first, there's going to be a second and a third and a fourth and on down the line. He is the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, <clears throat> in all things, how, all things is how many things? In all things, he might have the preeminence. He is the head. He is the preeminence of everything. Hallelujah. Now, because of time and this and that and the other thing, I'm going to skip around. So you're going to have to hang on and ride this bronco, all right? So go to chapter 1, but this time I want you to start with verse number 9. Remember, keep this in mind, that in all things, Jesus has the preeminence. He is a number one. He's the first. The first, the firstborn from the dead, which means you're going to be one of the nextborns from the dead. Hallelujah! That's the implication here. Jesus doesn't tell us things so he can go na-na-na-na-na-na. I'm better than you are. He tells you because he's the pattern of what you're going to be. You're going to be like him when you see him as he is because right now you can't see him as he is. So, and, and where are you? You're seated with him, right? So you can't even see yourself as you are. But when you know that when he shall appear, you'll discover that you're just like him because you'll see him as he is and you'll see you as you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell the devil to put that in his pipe and smoke it. Amen? So, verse number 9. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of the will in all wisdom and super spiritual understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The desire of God, who is the preeminence, Jesus, the preeminence, is that you should be filled just like he is. Hallelujah. See, you, you and I sometimes don't know the powerhouse that lives inside of us. Hallelujah. There, you, you have everything that you need already inside of you. Praise the Lord. And verse number 10 says that you should increase in the knowledge of God. And verse 11 says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Do you see this? According to how powerful he is, and remember, what did he say before he went to heaven? All power has been given unto me. He wants you to be strengthened and increased, strengthened according to his glorious power. I don't know why we live so beneath our privileges. 
And then verse 12 says, Unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We are to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. <laughs> he, his who, and do you know what? Do you know Jesus has an inheritance too? Do you know what his inheritance is? Yours inheritance. You say, me? What kind of an inheritance am I? Well, he figures that you're pretty great. You know, somebody said one time, the value of a thing is determined by how much somebody will pay for it. Did you know that? The value of a thing is determined by how much somebody will pay for it. Now, you might think that the thing you want to sell is worth so much. So you put it on eBay and you want to try to get that much for it. But it, you might discover it's not worth what you thought it was worth. It's only worth what somebody will pay for it. You see? But how much did heaven pay for you? So if the th value of a thing is determined by how much somebody will pay for it, what did Jesus pay for your salvation? So how valuable are you to him? Well, you're a lot more valuable than the devil tries to tell you you are. <laughs> you old coot. Right? Who hath delivered us? God, Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Do you understand? Translation is kind of like a, like a rapture, you know? He has translated us into the kingdom. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. He can't see it. But the byproduct of being born again is that you can enter and that you can see. Yeah, you get your spiritual transportation capacity when you get saved and your vision to see into the supernatural. Jump to verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You want to see God? Oh, you'd love to see God, wouldn't you? Well, look at Jesus and you'll see God because he's the image of the invisible God. The disciples said to Jesus, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. That'll suffice. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> God, it, Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the Word made flesh. <laughs> you see Jesus, you see God, because they're inseparable. What did they call Jesus in the prophet? What did the, Jesus is the everlasting Father. Jesus is the mighty God. He is the Prince of Peace. So Jesus is God. God is Jesus. And then what did Jesus say? He said, it's important that I go, but if I go, I'm going to send somebody else just like me, exactly like me. Uh, and so I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. So now, now Jesus is with us. It was God that came in the flesh, and now the flesh is made spirit. He said, he said my, words are made sp my words are spirit and they are life. So the Holy Spirit is Jesus with us. Hallelujah! You, you say, well, I don't know if... I don't know about this being filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, knock off that nonsense and get filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus' name. You, you want Jesus? <clears throat> then he's here in the form of his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You might have to think about that for a few minutes. All right? But while you're thinking about that, go. he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, heaven and earth, and so forth. That includes all dominions and principalities and powers, and all things were created by him and for him. Like John says in John chapter 1, without him was not anything made that was made. See, this is the thing. There isn't anything that is made that wasn't made by him. That includes the devil. That includes Buddha and Bahulaula. You don't think there is a Bahulaula, do you? Ever heard of the Baha'i religion? See, all these gods are just made up things. They're things that were made by people who God made. So they're not original. Somebody asked God one time, is there any other God? He says, I, I don't know of any other gods. Well, if he doesn't know of any, then there aren't, because without him was not anything made that was made. He is God. There is no other besides him. There's none above him. There's none beside him. He is God. Hallelujah. And then he came in the form of flesh and dwelt among us. And now his, he's come to us in the form of the spirit, that same spirit. You know, I was looking, have you seen the full moon out there lately, the last couple of nights? Isn't that beautiful? I woke up this morning, and the sun is rising over here, and the moon's still out. It, it, the moon was casting shadows across the back. The, the, the same Holy Spirit, I, and I looked at that moon, and I thought, boy, that's the same moon that people have been looking at ever since creation. Adam looked at that moon, the same one that you're looking at. He looked at the same one. It hasn't, been, it hasn't changed since Adam. Nobody's been up there. Not the man in the moon. Nobody. It's still the same as it always has been. Untouched, pristine. You want to see a real antique? Look at that moon up there. And, yeah, there's been people that have landed on it, this and that, the other thing. But the other side of it, nobody's ever been there on the other side. Right? Some guy revolved around there, and, uh, and he was scared to death because there's it's black back there. Nobody's been. That thing, but the same Holy Spirit that has been around since, since creation that hovered over the formless, voidless earth, that same Holy Spirit that was way back then, it's now living inside of you. Same one. Not a, not a reasonable facsimile. The same Holy Spirit that when God said, Boom, the Holy Spirit made it happen. Well, Jesus did because Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and Jesus is God, and God is Jesus. You can't, you can't take them apart. Amen? No, I can't explain it. But if you talk to my grandkids, they'll tell you that I'm grandpa. But you talk to my wife, and she'll say, no, he's my husband. If you ever talk to my mother, which you probably shouldn't be doing right now, She'd say, you know, he's my son, right? So I'm a lot of things, and you might call me something else, but be careful because I might have to slap you, right? <laughs> huh. Yeah, you can call me that. But anyway, 
all things. Dominions, powers, things that are visible, things that are invisible. Things, everything was created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Everything is held together by him. Without him, it would just all fly apart. Do you understand that? And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in him all, in all things he might have preeminence. In him should all the fullness dwell, for it pleased the Father that in Jesus should all the fullness of the Father dwell. The fullness of the Father lives in Jesus. You understand that? Watch this now. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. You can look that one up. That's in chapter, that's if you skip over to chapter 2 real quick. You want to do that? Skip over to chapter 2, verse number 9, because he says it again. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead. And you know what? Where does Jesus live? He dwells within my heart. You say, well, I thought we were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you are. It's Jesus in the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Well, how can you do that? Well, I don't know, but you can. You got a capacity in you that's a pretty big capacity. There's one guy in the, in the, in the New Testament that had the capacity to hold enough demons inside of him to fill 2,000 pigs. There's a lot of spirits. You see, understand the capacity that your body has? Don't try to figure it out. You'll hurt yourself. But you have a capacity to hold spirit, and you can hold the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Hallelujah. That's a pretty good capacity. The, the God who can hold the universes in the palm of his hand can live inside of you. Well, your brain can't figure that kind of stuff out because your brain lives in a little, in its own little world and it can't understand supernatural things. There's a lot more out there than you know. I got to hurry. You with me? I'm just reading, I'm just reading the Bible with commentary. I'm going to skip down here to verse number 23. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Be grounded and don't move away from the hope of the gospel. What's the hope of the gospel? I'm going to skip to help you get to this without all the contextual stuff. The hope of the gospel is a mystery, verse number 26. But... Here's the revelation of the mystery, verse 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the gospel? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> there it is again. It's Jesus in you. Praise God. You were dancing up there. I'm going to keep up with you. Us guys that were born in the 50s, we still got a little dance. Amen? Not much, but a little bit. I was inspecting the roofers this week, and I thought to myself, my goodness, I don't have the balance I used to have. So I think I'm going to stay on the ground from now on. Amen? Hallelujah. You getting your, how many are getting your roofs done? Oh, 
couple people, three, four, they started working on mine. I'm happy about that. The mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now jump again with me over to verse number 9, which we did before. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. There's nothing. <clears throat> Sometimes we don't seem to get this concept. When Jesus said, it is finished at Calvary, what did he mean by that? He meant it's all done. You see, it's finished. The work is finished. And what did God do when he was finished on the seventh day? Did he, was he tired? Did he need a day off? Did he put his feet up and have, have a lemonade? No. Do you know what happens? Why, why do people look forward to, forward to the weekend so much? So they can stay in bed? No, so they can celebrate the weekend, right? This resting, this whole idea of resting is celebration. God made all of this beautiful creation. Now he wanted to enjoy it. When you get something for Christmas, do you leave it in the box? Some people do. You know what's funny? There's people on YouTube that have YouTube channels, and all they call it is unboxing. Unboxing. All they do is a video of somebody taking the stuff out of a box to show you what was in the box. Can you imagine people sit there and watch that stuff? <laughs> they watch somebody who just got something take it out of a box. I don't see any fun in that. I want a box, and I want to open it, okay? And then I'll take a video, and you can watch it. No. It's take out of what you've gotten and celebrate it. That's what rest is, is celebration. And God created the heavens and the earth, and then he celebrated it. And then he saw somebody tried to mess up his present, so he, his creation, so he, he brought his son into the picture, and his son redeemed back everything that was broken. And now Jesus said it's finished, and he expects you to live in that kind of celebration rest. It's not going to church on Saturday. No, 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 no. It's celebrating the finished work of Calvary. Hallelujah. That's what rest is, a celebration of the finished work. And when, and, and when God has done this for you and said that you are complete in him, you ought to start celebrating completeness. Hallelujah. Your life ought to be a Sabbath, a celebration of the completeness of Calvary in you. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now watch this. I'm going to skip a little bit more. You are circumcised, already been done. You don't need to do that. Forget about it. It's done. And not only that, in verse number 12 it says you are buried with him. So you're dead and you're buried. So I ask you this question. Where does a Christian go when he dies? Well, the question is, when did he die? That's the real question. See, and you're already dead, and you're already buried, but let's not leave it at that because it says you are risen with him in verse number 12. You are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God 
Now, you being dead in your sins, you being dead in, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcised of the flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you <coughs> just the things you did wrong up until the time you got saved, and from then on you're on your own. You better not mess it up because if you do, now it's all on you. I did my work. Is that what he said? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. He is forgiving you all your transgressions. You live in victory. Hallelujah. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against you. And he took it out of the way and he nailed it to the cross. Where are your sins? Nailed to the cross. He nailed them to the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're nailed. Nailed to the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but it's once something's nailed to something, you're not going to get it off of there without it coming out in worse shape. I mean, even if you tried to use a crowbar, where would you, what would you lean it against to pull the nail out? You'd squish it, wouldn't you? Your sins are nailed to the cross. Hallelujah! They ain't coming off of there, not in one piece anyway. No way, Jose. And not only that, he spoiled the principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. He took the devil and, and made an open display of his shame in front of the whole wide world. Hallelujah. Let no man beguile you. Verse number 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward. Okay. Now, I'm going to skip because I'm running out of time. So, you're buried with him. You're risen with him. Now, verse number 20 says, so if you're dead with Christ, if you're, wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? So if you're dead to your sins, why would you subject yourself to all kinds of written ordinances? You're free. And so... Forget about what everybody's writing about you, see? Including the devil. You're dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world. Don't subject yourself to ordinances. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. God made a show of wisdom in will. Okay, so let's just keep going. I got to hurry. If... Chapter 3, if you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead. How many knew that? You are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, listen, if you wanted to find the perfect hiding place, you would hide in Christ, and Christ would hide in God, and the devil could play hide-and-seek all day, and he'd never find you. 
because you're not going to find, you're not going to be found when you're hidden together with Christ in God. How big is God? He's pretty big. And there's a lot of places to look. And you're not going to be found. Hallelujah! <laughs> you are dead. And you're hidden together with Christ in God. Your life is. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. So, verse number 10, put on the new man. <laughs> put on the new man after the image of him. Verse number 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of, holy, of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humility. Verse number 14, put on charity. So there's a lot of things we need to put on, amen? Put on. That's why when you're hidden with Christ, and 1 John 3, 2 says, as he is, so are we. When? When we get to heaven in the sweet by and by? No, 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 no. Look it up real quick. 1 John 3, 12. As he is, so are we in this life. Wow. So you mean I don't have to wait? Yeah, you'll even get more when you get there. But you know what? So many of us are living. You know, one day God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, right? And that's all well and good. But the, but the heaven that's there now and the earth that's here now, many of us are not even going to experience that because we're looking for the new stuff. But why don't you enjoy what God has for you now? The heaven that's there now is for your enjoyment now. And the earth that's here now is here for your enjoyment. You know, God created you to live in an earth suit. So he, and when he makes a new heaven and a new earth, you're going to get to enjoy. Some people think they're going to live life in heaven sitting on a cloud playing a harp. No, he's making a new heaven and an earth, and he's going to resurrect this body to live in this, in this new earth that he's going to make. But why don't you go up into the heaven that's there now and take what's there and bring it down into this earth and start living as in heaven, so in earth? I'm not saying you, 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 sh you, know, you can look forward to that one, but for crying out loud, enjoy what he's provided for you now. He went through a great deal of effort to provide it for you. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why, that's why I went out and got a boat. It's a puddle jumper. I understand that, but it's nevertheless a boat, right? And so enjoy stuff. God didn't give you interests so that you could not be interested in them, right? Now, I've told you this a bunch of times, but I have a, I have a, uh, a cousin who his ambition in life is to drive a garbage truck. Well, I don't know what's wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with him. But I wouldn't want to drive a garbage truck, but I'm glad that there's somebody who does. Especially those guys that pick up all the debris, right? We all love those guys. Now, I wouldn't want to do that, but I'm glad somebody wants to do that. 
And you might not like to do what I like to do, and I probably don't like to do what you like to do. But if we all, but God made us the way we are to like the things that we like. So enjoy doing it. I, you know, I'd rather have a job that I enjoy and think to myself, man, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. Because that's the kind of job you should have, right? All right, I got to stop. Let me see if there's anything. Let me just go. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 17. Verse number 23, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Okay, that was just a kind of a brief. I, I just kind of went through the book of Colossians. Uh, there's a lot more because I just read through the thing. I didn't even touch my notes. But you know what? Sunday nights I do sometimes. So you might want to come on Sunday night and you know how it is. Leftovers are good. <clears throat> you like leftovers? You warm them up? You know what it's like at Thanksgiving around our place? We have this huge bunch of turkey and hams and prime rib and all that kind of stuff. And we just leave it on the counter and we just graze all day. You like to graze? So tonight we're going to graze on more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hope I did a good enough job because your word is really amazing and it's so wonderful. Paul had such great insight. He was talking to Timothy about stuff and Timothy had such potential. He just didn't even know what he had. And Paul was trying to encourage him. And I'm trying to encourage your people today about what you already put inside of them. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just encourage us to get into your word and just feed on that and see what it is that you have in store for us. There's so much we haven't even accessed that's so wonderful. So, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit because your Holy Spirit will, you said that your, the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into truth. So, Lord, as we read it, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will start to flip on all kinds of switches of enlightenment or revelation in our minds and in our spirits in Jesus name now to your people I say may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace may his goodness and mercy follow you pursue you and overtake you all the days of your life and that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May you be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. May you bring forth fruit in, in every season, in the season that you're in right now. May you bring forth fruit in that. May your leaf not wither. And may whatsoever you do prosper. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope, supercharged, abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, unto him who's not just able to save you, but able to keep you from falling, and who's able to present you faultless, isn't that amazing? Before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, be glory and honor and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Love and greet one another in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.